0: Hey guys, welcome back to As For Me In My House. I'm Elena, And I'm Jordan. This weekend has been a great weekend. My family came in from New York to visit and finally meet Alethea. And it so happened to be the week we dedicated her to our church, which was uh, yesterday. So we dedicated her on Saturday.
1: And if you don't know what dedicating is, um, in the non-denominational protestant church Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't do like infant baptism like maybe the the catholic church will do Mm -hmm. Uh, but we basically stand up there with our daughter in front of the pastor in front of the entire church congregation and profess and proclaim that we're going to raise this child to know and love the lord Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a ceremony where the pastor prays over them and we just say we're here to do our job as parents to raise them in the body in knowing the bible
0: yeah and It was very fitting because after the dedication it was like the first portion of the service and then right after that he was talking about parenting and you guys have mentioned before that you'd love to hear our like two cents on parenting even though we really haven't had to do a whole lot of parenting yet but... Obviously, we were planning for it and thinking ahead and kind of thinking like, okay, what are we going to do? What aren't we going to do? What does the Bible say we need to be doing as parents? So this talk, I think, came in in a really good timing, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today and kind of unpack and kind of share what our pastor talked about.
1: Yeah, and I know a lot of our listeners out there are young parents, kind of like Melina said, Mm -hmm. and we really aren't good parents, Melina and I. Like, we're just... Uh, we are or aren't? We're not. Oh, we're so yeah. new to this. This is our first kid. We're still figuring out a lot of stuff. Right, kind of winging it, which I think is parenting. Literally everyone. It's it's parenting is yeah. winging it. There's no mm-hmm. like training course or yep. formal school that you go to. You just become a parent and you kind of learn as you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Melan and I are just sharing. We're passing along the information that our pastor, uh, Brad Powell from Northridge Church, um, if you don't know about Northridge or you're unfamiliar, go check it out, Northridge And they have the whole series up the whole relationship series. This one was about parenting and you can actually see the notes that we're going to be kind of going through um, yeah. on the side of the screen. If you go to like the, the talks in the series.
0: Yeah. And we'll also link the talk link in our description below. Yes. So you guys can go check it out for yourself. But um, yeah, I'm, I was really excited. I will say he spoke mad
1: truth. (laughs) He was going off.
0: Yeah. Because, okay.
1: Going hard in the paint for the truth
0: like the thing with parenting is everyone has their own personalities their kids have their own personalities everyone was raised and brought up in a totally different way and we've mentioned this before but in our pre-marriage class essentially all we talked about was how we were raised because that greatly impacts you and how you are as a person
1: you don't realize it right
0: no i was like so mind blown i like could not believe it but
1: I feel like this is a recurring theme for a lot of our messages of -hmm. of just how we do life in this whole podcast being a reflection of what the Lord is teaching us. A lot of that stems from how we were raised and Mm -hmm. what we grew up believing and interacting with our parents and with other people from the time we were young. So we're just trying to share that and, and promote a better way to do things. Not that our parents didn't do things good, but just Mm -hmm. taking the the best things that our parents did. How are we going to implement those with, with our lives? Right?
0: Right. Yeah. And I really don't think you have to be a parent to listen to this podcast or get any good information from it because you can apply this into any relationship of your life, whether it's your marriage, your friends, having this can also apply to your relationship with your parents, which even though we're a lot older now and our parents aren't quote-unquote parenting us anymore, we still have a relationship with them and this can apply into that as well. So I think this is beneficial to everyone across the board.
1: Right, yeah. You don't stop being a parent just because your kids grow up. So if you're a parent listening to this, don't think like, oh man, this was not me at all. I totally blew it. Mm -hmm. And if you're you know a kid listening to this you know be gracious on your parents and you know try to examine yourself like Melina said what are some other relationships that this might have influence in if I'm not a parent mm-hmm. and how can I take these principles and apply them uh biblically to my mm-hmm. context wherever I have you know influence or leadership or authority in right so with that honey okay do you want to jump into kind of the truth Mm -hmm. of the talk, the kind of the main point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the first thing he mentioned was truth. He said, good parenting requires learning and practicing self-control. And this really spoke to me because it, you're, it's all on you, you know, like your kids are kids and you are literally not their God, but they are all that they know. So they look up to you and Everything that you do, everything that you do in front of your child, either they'll do themselves or they'll see as an example or a model. So like the way Jordan and I handle conflict and the way we talk to each other, the way we interact with other people, the way that we do our life is what our child will see. And that's what our child would, will do.
1: Yes. And I mean, going right off of that, yeah. the verse to complement that comes from Ephesians 6, one and also Verse four, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And then verse four goes along with that. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And this whole time we're just thinking like, look, it's very clear cut. You know, we're as children ought to obey our parents, listen to them, respect their position of authority. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's not to be abused. And I'm the parent or because I said so, or You're not giving justification, not that you always have to offer your six year old an explanation of why they can't have candy before dinner, right. but you're just saying, look, I'm, you know, establish, you establish the role of authority and then you also be fair. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between being fair and being, you know, a pushover because well,
0: there needs to be mutual respect. Yes. You need to respect your child Mm-hmm. and your child needs to respect you. But they're not going to respect you if you don't respect them.
1: Only it's gonna, simple. They're only going to mirror what behavior that they're being shown. Right. right. Yeah. So if you're being unfair or rude to your children, guess what? They're probably going to act the same way to you. Mm-hmm. And I think a good point that Pastor Brad brought up later in his talk is saying how, remember when he was talking about um, children being like in their preteen years, Seeing how their child their parents, kind of like disregarded them or didn't take an interest in what they were saying, yeah. so we shouldn't be surprised that when our kids get to their teenage and high school years, mm-hmm. that they yeah. don't really respect or regard what our par- what the parents say,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Because like, that
1: what was modeled for them, right?
0: Yeah, like if a if you always tell your – or if you always let your child talk to you and you hear what they have to say and you're interested in what they're saying from the moment they're born, like literally a three year old showing you this little painting that they made that you have no idea what it even is or even resembles. And they're like, Oh no, this is my friend and my friend and this. And you're like, Oh cool. Like if you show interest in them from the very start, when they're showing you these pointless things, they will tell you the pointful things, like the things that are important later on, because they know you're going to listen regardless of what it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, well, that, that's a little bit later though.
1: Well, no, I just said, uh, to that point, one more thing I'll say is this generation coming up, we talked about this a little bit with Derry last podcast episode, but Generation Z, they can spot a fraud. They can spot fake people a lot better than other generations can. I think it's a little bit easier with the previous generations to kind of put on a front or put on a mask, yeah. but these young kids coming up now, they can spot it. So if you're as a parent pretending to be interested or pretending, but Mm -hmm. really like uh, go away kid buzz off, you know, Mm -hmm. stop bothering me. Yeah. They're going to know that they're going to pick up on that. So it would behoove you as a parent to really take an interest in what your kid's doing. And like, look, I'm a dad now and my daughter, I'm not going to push her into a certain direction. Like, yeah, maybe I'll want her to take interest in certain sports or certain hobbies that I personally enjoy, but I'm going to enjoy whatever she is doing because it's her and I love and want to support her. So mm-hmm. if it's ice skating, I am not really an ice skater, <laughs> but I'm going to be the <laughs> number one fan cheer- cheering in the stands for her as an ice skater yeah. if that's what she wants to do, mm-hmm. if it, whatever it is. You know, that's just one example, but as long as it's something that she's enjoying, and it's okay it's it's morally okay it's not like she's doing drugs I'm not like oh that's cool honey you know like, <laughs> nothing like that obviously World, but yeah I'm talking you know sports hobbies things like that growing mm-hmm. up that I might not necessarily enjoy or want to do right I'm going to enjoy it and want to do it just for the sole fact that my daughter enjoys it and wants to do it
0: yeah Okay, next thing he mentioned are important observations for parents to control. Because this, this, the whole thing is kind of what we can control and our self-control as parents. So the first one is God teaching parents that they must control themselves and using authority, which kind of goes back to that verse that Jordan just mentioned in Ephesians. So yeah, we have the quote unquote last say, we kind of dictate what happens, but we need to control that. You know, it can't be the, I said so, you do this, I'm the adult.
1: I mean, we see authority being abused everywhere in the world, right? Whether it's in politics or um, business in the workplace, you see somebody in a position of power and authority over others, and their temptation is to lord that over them and to, you know, take advantage of that. And the same way is true as a parent, right? It's easy to fall into that temptation of because I said so, or I have I'm above you, so to speak, right? Like even later in the message Pastor Brad was saying for a long time, at least initially growing up, the parents are essentially like God to their kids. They are this big person with a lot of influence and they control so much of my life. They are my God, essentially, and not in a blasphemous way, but more in the sense of Look at how much control and power they have over my life. And we need to be, as parents, reflecting and teaching them the true love of the true Father who's in heaven, who really is God and is over all things, because we are just going to be essentially a picture or a representation or an example of God to them. Mm -hmm. So how can we best represent God in that? And one way is to control ourselves when we use authority, not abuse it, but just to understand, look, this is our position and we want them to know that.
0: The next two points that he brought up were God is teaching parents that they're capable of controlling whether they wrongly provoke, provoke their children's anger. We must allow our children to appropriately express their anger. And I think this is key because most of the time if a kid starts getting upset starts throwing a tamper tantrum or whatever we just ask like stop, stop 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 okay We get angry, our kids get angry. There are certain ways we can express it. Maybe throwing yourself on the floor in the middle of the grocery store isn't the most appropriate way to do that. So we need to teach our children like, okay, hey, it's okay to be angry, but instead let's do this or let's do this or talk like this or show me this or how, you know, kind of help them manage and help them see what is the appropriate way to do that.
1: Yeah, it's just another point of goes back to, what your children see in you they're going to reflect right? right so as parents and a spouse if you're handling anger in a healthy way it's okay to be angry and not sin and that's exactly what ephesians four twenty six and 27 says in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold and what paul's saying here to the ephesians is look it's okay to be angry. There's such a thing as righteous anger. Like God has a righteous anger for things that are evil, right? And Jesus got angry and overturned the money changers in the temple when they were making his father's house, a den of thieves and a marketplace. And so there's a, there's a holy anger. And I don't think that's exactly what we're talking about here. We're saying, look, it's okay to be angry. You know, it's okay to, to be upset and to yeah, showed that to be expressive yeah. the key is to not be sinful or handle it the wrong way
0: or for us like you said um we need to control provoking their anger mm-hmm. you know i feel like as a parent sometimes we think like oh it's okay if my child gets angry at something that i do well mm, are you doing it wrongly and this some um, this is something that happened a couple of days ago. Actually, was it yesterday or maybe two days ago? I don't know. So Jordan and I don't quote-unquote yell at each other, but sometimes if we get into an argument, we will raise our voices a little bit louder to try to speak over one another, which is something we're definitely going to have to start working on. <laughs> we don't
1: it. yell. We just raise our voices. <laughs> but it's no, a, you know... <laughs> it's a more... <laughs> It's a more um, Proper way of saying We yell No 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 Okay Because okay
0: Most of the time When we are Quote unquote Fighting or having an argument You're across the house So I have to like Yell a little bit Plus we're
1: Italian (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay. Besides the point. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we will be a little bit louder than normal when we are in arguments. And I know Alephia is only three months old, but I swear this girl is picking up on that because yesterday she was yelling at me. I kid <laughs> you not. She was just standing there and she was like, eh! like started making these noises really loud noises I've never heard her make before for like no reason I was like oh, honey mm-hmm. we need to stop yelling because she's literally picking up on this and sees this like I know she's three months old but she knows what's going on kids and babies are so much more smarter than what we get give, give them credit for and Um, this is literally what my major is in. So I have a lot of knowledge back up on this. Like, I literally took a whole semester's worth of infant classes. Like, that's what I did last semester, which is, like, fitting because I was pregnant at the time. But they are so much smarter than we give them credit for. And this was, like, a perfect prime example of that. And I really saw, like, whoa. Like, I know she's really young, but, like, she knows what's going on. She can hear us. She, you know. So for me, it was like, all right, I really need to be an example of that right now.
1: Yeah, it's a wake up call because when you become a parent, you're like, wow, I'm responsible for more than just myself, you know, and even when you get married, you get a taste of that. Wow, it's more than just me. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was listening to Todd Friel on Wretched Radio uh, last week and he was talking about how you don't realize how selfish you are until you get married or until you have kids mm-hmm. and then because before you think oh, I'm a pretty selfless person I'm pretty sacrificial I'm pretty giving and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you bring another life into the equation or two lives or however many when you add children into the mix mm-hmm. like wow I'm actually really selfish <laughs> and I didn't realize it until there are other people that I had to be responsible for and take care of right so again what is saying is so true when I look at Aletheia and think she's only a few months yet it's not too long until she's gonna be talking mm-hmm. and being able to be more you know doing more things so right, more we want independent. To be, exactly we want to be modeling for her how she ought to talk how she ought to behave mm-hmm. you know and these are things that Molina and I are still working on and never by by no means perfect or an authority on and never will be perfect but Let it suffice to say, as we're learning these things, we want to be cognizant and mindful that Alethea is watching now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just we we can't just have an argument or do something between the two of us. Now we got children in the mix, so that's a a frightening thought. But it's also sobering. Thinking, okay, this is a good thing. Actually, this Mm -hmm. is a blessing for us and. Uh, to kind of tail in that. Wait, verse. hold on.
0: I want to add something real quick. Oh, go ahead. Um, I think this really plays in well with the whole arguing in front of your children thing because I feel like that's people go about this two different ways. Either they argue in front of their kids and do full blown whatever they need to do wherever they are or they strictly just do it behind closed doors and I think it's good to find the in between because in those moments you're teaching your child how to handle those situations how to handle anger how to handle conflict but at the same time if you're full blown doing the whole thing in front of them it's like okay you know I think There's it's
1: certainly a, a balance like you said I think it's a great point I didn't think about but yeah, you're right. You you don't want to completely shelter your kids from any type of yeah. conflict because then they'll never see how to resolve it, right? Well,
0: kind of figure out what you're going to fight about. If, you're, if you caught your husband like watching porn the other day and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, honey, I saw you. You, you. Okay, that's not the appropriate thing to be talking about in front of your kid, but you know what I'm saying, like certain arguments.
1: Yeah, and I think another thing, maybe not a hard and fast rule, but just to that point, like if there's something where it's, you know, like use that example, you catch your husband watching pornography. You got to think who in that relationship is most affected uh, directly, right? So in that case, it's the husband and the wife. Not saying the kids aren't indirectly affected, but that should be handled probably privately first. And if it needs to, then if it leads to something like, okay, now this is an addiction that this person is not willing to, overcome or try to overcome now that's trickling down and and affecting everyone else and everything always has a ripple effect right but Mm -hmm. at least at the beginning you want to handle that between husband and wife now if it's something that's directing the kids now you want to handle that between the whole family right Right. so you should know you know who's who's it directly impacting and that's who you want to resolve it with first so like you said, honey, I don't think it's good to completely shelter them and never let them see how you handle and resolve conflict.
0: Yeah, because then they'll think you never have conflict.
1: Exactly. And then, like Brad said yesterday, 30 years later, after 30 years of supposed happy marriage, mm-hmm. now my parents are getting divorced. Well, I never saw them fighting. Like, right. mm-hmm. what's going on here? You yeah. know? So mm-hmm. it's good to, sh- to show them and expose them to those things, but also not just to expose them to the, The frustration and the argument but expose them to the resolving of that right yes let them see how you work through it and not just (laughs) uh, see the the anger side of it and then you go away and then maybe a day or two later things are okay Mm -hmm. show them how you like make up to your spouse in front of your children i think that would be a huge testimony of you know what they're not perfect and they acknowledge that and they're willing to show people that they're not perfect, but they're also willing to humble themselves, lay down their pride and admit that they were wrong and ask for forgiveness and apologize. I think that will go, you know, leaps and bounds when you're teaching your children how to forgive. If you can demonstrate that and do that yourself, I think that'll go farther than any um, virtue teaching that you can give somebody of children, we should, do for, we should forgive people. Yeah. Like if, if you can say, model that and mm-hmm. demonstrate it as opposed to just preaching it. Right. Do as
0: what you say. Exactly. Do what you say, not as I... Well, yeah. one <laughs> big thing that drives me crazy <laughs> when parents say, do what I say, not what I do.
1: Yeah, don't drink, kid. And then they're... You have a fifth in your hand. You're just <laughs> <exactly>. chugging it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, you know, just not to beat the dead horse, but again, it's so important because if you're showing now the opposite like like what you said honey just to flesh that out a little bit more if you're only showing like everything exposing your your, everything to your kids and laying it all out there now you're kind of betraying the privacy of your marriage with your spouse which is a different dynamic than your parent than than your role as a parent right Mm -hmm. so again you got to find that balance which is hard because it's easy to do one extreme or the other it's hard to balance. Yeah.
0: And none of this is easy to do.
1: <laughs> no, it's all a challenge. That's why parenting is so difficult. And a lot of yeah. people say it's the hardest job in the world. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think I have a pretty hard job in my, you know, regular career, but mm-hmm. now that as a parent, it's a whole different type of difficulty. Well,
0: okay, the you know? reason why is because it always seems to happen at the most inconvenient times. You know, like you're trying to get out the door, trying to make it to Bible study, trying to get to church. And that is like when these things are happening and it's so easy to just brush it off and be like, okay, take this iPad here. Fine, have the lollipop okay have your tamper tantrum okay whatever just we gotta think we got things to do the hard that's the easy thing to do the hard thing to do is sit down think about it talk to them talk it through figure out a solution yada yada yada. not
1: to get off on too much of a tangent but you're right it's just this on-the-go society we live in where i don't have time i need to do something quick to fix and sometimes yeah that might be your only option and it's okay but if that becomes the norm or the standard and where it becomes dependent, mm-hmm. that's where it can be an issue later down the road. So right. yeah. uh, you know, like Paul says in Ephesians, that verse I just read, four twenty six and twenty seven, mm-hmm. something that Melane and I have been devoted to doing is not let the sun go down on our anger. It's so <laughs> easy just to go to I bed. I struggle with this one. <laughs> it's so easy to go to bed. Uh notice how I didn't say I also. <laughs> i'm I'm half kidding actually i'm if I'm being completely honest I'm half kidding because for me it's I would feel a lot better making up and apologizing and asking for forgiveness before I lay my head down because you just feel it more at peace, like you can get a better night's sleep, mm-hmm. you're not at odds, it's not awkward in the morning when you wake up like Wait a second. We were mad, and a lot of times you forget about it. Like, wait, what was I mad at you for, right? Uh-huh. Or what were we arguing about? So it's silly, and then you wake up feeling stupid. Like that was dumb. We should have asked for forgiveness and made up a long time ago. Like, why did we sit on this? Why did we, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you have a second to cool it. off. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm all for like cooling off periods, but you don't want to let the sun go down. Meaning, you don't want to make it a, a day of it. Make it drop, drop, drop. drag it out and draw it out really long you know so that's another thing that I think is key if your kids see that in you as your as a spouse and as a couple they're going to model that too they're not going to hold on to anger they're not going to harbor hatred and bitterness they're going to be quick to forgive and that's another verse coming up
0: (laughs) okay the next point I think is someone that a lot of people struggle with, and the pastor really made an emphasis on this. And that is, we must not overprotect or smother our children. And that is exactly mm. what our whole society is doing. Yes, we are always thinking three steps ahead of how we can help them so they never hurt themselves, never fall, never crash, never go through any pain, never do this. We literally go so far above and beyond so these conflicts and issues never Helicopter happen. Helicopter parents helicopter parents <laughs> that's jordan for you
1: <laughs> no i just think I, I wouldn't consider myself a helicopter parent i think melana is actually a little bit more than i am
0: what no <gasps> you're lying
1: no especially okay especially when we're out and about mm. and maybe we're away like one of our parents are watching the baby and melana is just five minutes after we left the door <laughs> I miss Tukey.
0: Okay, that is not being a helicopter parent. Uh, You're kinda like
1: over concerned, I think, at times. Like you're it's hard for you to take a break and step away for for a little bit. Like you really you always want to be just active doing something. Like right now, is laying down for a nap and I know it's killing Milana inside because she just wants to hold her.
0: (laughs) Honey, I don't think you know what a helicopter parent
1: is. Well, yeah My mom my mom told me that she was after this talk, my mom's like, All right. What was my grade? How do you think I did? And then my mom's like, I gave myself a B (laughs) minus. And she's like, I took off a point for this, a couple (laughs) points for that. She's like, and one of the things she said was, I took off a point for uh, being Overprotective or something like, like being a helicopter parent. Yeah, I was like, no, mom, you got an A. Like, okay, good. with
0: being a, okay, I think being a helicopter parent doesn't start until your child's like two or three. Because right now, with her age, I have oh, to yeah, be sure. a helicopter parent.
1: No, that's a if point. I see
0: that she's rolling and she's gonna roll into the mirror, I'm gonna stop her. No, yeah,
1: you know that's what I'm saying. What, that's what I'm talking about. I'm just thinking okay, it's being so a little bit more. You
0: can't qualify me as a helicopter <laughs> parent. Just yet. okay, honey, you're off the Give hook. Give me a year or two. I
1: rescind that. I retract that Thank statement. Thank you so much. Now. Yes. But as a two or three year old, as a, a little toddler, you're right. If they're if you're wrapping your kid up in bubble wrap before they step out of the house, mm-hmm. you might be a helicopter parent. <laughs> you know, I think people like that.
0: know what a helicopter
1: parent yeah, is. Yeah. So that's our society, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so what did Brad say in response to that, that we can't smother our children and be overbearing on them? Because what's try- that going to cause if we do that?
0: Oh, well, they'll never learn from their experiences. They'll think that the world is a safe and fun and soft world. And then when they go off to college or have conflicts or whatever, they're going to be like...
1: It's like they're hit by a train.
0: Yeah, they have no idea what to do. They have no idea how to handle it. They've never experienced that. And I think it's, it's so much better for them to learn when they're a lot younger. And as they grow up learn how to handle tougher situations as opposed to never having any of that and then suddenly being hit with the toughest situation ever and have no idea how to conclude oh wait this is go ahead one thing people probably are gonna hate me for this but one thing that has been driving me crazy is when everyone gets a trophy right that's like a thing now right
1: ninth place ribbon
0: yeah like (laughs) what there's only one winner
1: yeah, I think the the lesson there is life isn't fair. There's competition sometimes.
0: It's so silly. But
1: the key, though, with all of this is affirming and loving your child through it. And I think he fleshes that out more later in the talk, but um, exposing them. And again, it's that balance. And we see the, the heart and the character and the nature of God reflected in this. And that God is, of course, not going to let any... Um, extreme harm come to us. I mean, we can bring stuff about ourselves, right? We can essentially by our own demise, you know, hurt ourselves because we have free will. But if God is using something as a parent to teach us or to correct us, he'll he'll let us, you know, stumble a little bit to teach us because it's good for us. You know, if there's something that is happening in our lives that is not pleasing to God, John 15, the the vine and the branches, right? The father is the vine dresser. He's going to prune us. Pruning is where you cut off and I'm not a green thumb or gardener by any means, but I know enough for the analogy to make sense to me is that pruning a vine is when you cut off the dead parts and the things that are prohibiting and limiting the growth of the vine. You're cutting off those dead things, so that the vine can grow and flourish and be healthy. And if there's certain things that are prohibiting the growth of that vine, Mm -hmm. the vine dresser is going to cut it off. Now it hurts the vine, right? To cut off something that is attached to it. Just like it hurts when God takes away things from our lives that are prohibiting our growth in him. But it's a very intimate time when the, the, the vine dresser is never more intimate and closer with the vine than when it's, holding on and pruning it, right?
0: Well, and now it can grow better.
1: Exactly. So that's the whole point. So I think God's, as a good parent, as any good parent would do, allows us to, you know, Not controlled, hurt. controlled. Because I don't want to say he, he allows us to go through pain, but he does. And he allows us to experience hardship. Well, think
0: of it as like trials So go through trial and error type yes. thing. Yes,
1: and that's what James says in James 1 Uh, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to, as a parent, let your child go through this. It's okay to let them fall in a controlled sense, where you're there to catch them, but you're also not overbearing and smothering them. And never letting them fail or never letting them experience hurt, Mm -hmm. but teaching them the lesson through that.
0: Yeah. All right. The next couple of points are key and sound very obvious, but is something that I feel like everyone kind of does on accident. And that is we must not compare or show favoritism. Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to tell our kids like, Hey, uh, so-and-so makes their bed every day. Why don't you? Or Hey, Hey, your sister is really good at this sport. Why aren't you so good? Or you know, like it's mm. when parents compare siblings, that drives me bazonkers. And the reason why this is so problematic is because we are all uniquely and beautifully made and all wired differently. So you cannot compare your child to anyone except for themselves, because no one is the same. No one is good at one thing and really good at the like. Everyone is good and bad at different things yes. so it's not fair to your child to compare them to another child for a certain thing
1: exactly you have to be loving them both or if you have more than two obviously you have to love them all the same and romans two eleven very bluntly says god doesn't show favoritism you know he's a good fair just loving god so we ought to reflect the same thing. And if you haven't noticed something that I, it's just kind of light bulb for me is how much of parenting is reflected perfectly in God's nature. He is our father in heaven, right? So it would make sense that the way that he treats us and cares for us is how we ought to be treating it for treating and caring for our children. And I just, it might sound like, Oh, well, duh. But for me, at least I just kind of had an epiphany. There's thinking, wow, this is so true. You know, we see God interacting with his people as a parent ought to with their child.
0: Mm -hmm. Next is we must acknowledge our weaknesses and mistakes. I
1: don't want to do that. I want to be perfect in front of my kid.
0: This is where (laughs) you really have to swallow your pride. And I... Okay. Tell me your two cents on this, honey. I feel like I apologize appropriately, right? Like I never... Not apologize.
1: Yeah, I would say sometimes I have to... Uh, Pry it out of me. Pull it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> but you will. You will eventually. Yeah. After and I, a cooling off period.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is definitely something I want to show Alethea, And I've mentioned this, like... I don't remember which episode, but I mentioned how I always thought that adults were perfect because my parents never really apologized for me for anything that they did wrong. So I assumed like, oh, all adults and all parents are perfect. It's just kids that are flawed and don't know anything. And once you reach a certain age, then you know it all, you got it all perfect, you do everything right. So this is definitely something that I've kind of experienced and gone through firsthand. So I know that that's not the way that I want to be with my kids. If I yell at them or if I do something wrong or whatever the case may be, I want to sit down and tell them like, Hey, mommy, mommy was wrong. You know, mommy didn't, I apologize, whatever. Just tell them like, Hey, this is my first time being a mommy. So can you give me a break on this? You know?
1: Yeah. And it's hard because you don't want to rescind the authority aspect of being a parent. You don't want to let your child walk over you, but at the same time you want to model for them how to ask for forgiveness and to admit your mistakes and let them know that you acknowledge when you're wrong because that's a difficult trait and could be toxic down the road. If you can never acknowledge or see past your own wrongdoings, right? If you, never think you do wrong in your mind, that's an issue. Or if you always try to justify something instead of saying like, look, I was wrong. Even if it takes a little bit of time to think through it and kind of calm down, right? You have to be able to say, yes, I was wrong. I was in the wrong. Like I just said that to Milena earlier this morning I as I said, no, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I should have done that, you know, and I apologize. I was quick to do it. I'm not saying oh look I'm not patting myself on the back I'm just saying the more that you do it the easier it becomes mm-hmm. and if you yeah. wait till your kid's 15 <laughs> to start implementing this it's a lot harder to do because your kid's going to be like what's wrong with you? like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. and I think over time it'll get easier the more and if if you're starting at 15 years and you're like yeah my kid's already a teenager whatever mm-hmm. it's never too late Right. It's just harder to do later. Yeah. You know. Cause mm-hmm. you're, you're Think of it like debt. The more debt that you get in, the harder it is to get out. Mm-hmm. But if you start a, yeah. sooner rather than later and
0: it's easier and faster,
1: exactly. And it's not impossible to get out of debt if you're in a lot, but it's harder. So the same principle applies to parenting. And I think also this is a great point because as James five, 16 a says that we should confess our sins to one another and pray for each other so we may be healed. And I think as a parent, if you're saying, look, honey, I'm sorry, I I was out of line, I shouldn't have said that, that's gonna speak volumes for them when they do something wrong, and you as a parent instruct them and tell them, you know, go to your room, or you have to discipline them, then you come talk to them a few minutes later, they're gonna be able to say, yeah, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You're right, daddy, you're right, mommy. I shouldn't, have t- I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have talked back, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have disobeyed, whatever, Right. they're gonna know, because they've seen you handle that, they're gonna know how to handle it.
0: Exactly, good point. All right, next is we must affirm and encourage them. And this goes back to kind of, God made us all beautifully and uniquely made, so we need to encourage them in the things that they are good at and not discourage them in the things they aren't good yes. at.
1: Brad said this yesterday. He's like, and Brad's very charismatic and, and a great communicator. So the way that he said it was something to the effect of, if you if your kid is a rock star in something, you need to be like encouraging them. Like, look, God made you great at this. You are fantastic at this. Mm-hmm. You're not really too good at that over there, <laughs> you know. But you are. But we great. don't need
0: to focus on that.
1: Exactly. But you are absolutely want God made you great at that Mm -hmm. and to really emphasize that and drive that home, Mm
0: -hmm. help them flourish in those areas.
1: Yes. Don't dwell on or always harp And I think we do the opposite in our culture, in our societies. Uh Why aren't you doing this? You know, you need to be doing that. And I think maybe in even some other cultures, like if you're listening to this around the world, um, you know, you might be in a different country where they emphasize so much about performance or so much about this And then if you're not, there's a shame. And I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead again, but there's this shame culture of, you know, you're an out, you're dead to me because you didn't live up to this expectation. But in reality, your kid's amazing at something else that you're not validating and affirming and encouraging. You're encouraging the wrong things that they aren't good at or that you want them to be good at, but they're not. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is why... mm. Like the whole school system expects everyone to be really good at math, really good at science, really good at this. And it doesn't give like there are some kids that are so creative and so
1: they need a YouTube class.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, there's that one quote. You probably know it, but it's about um, like you can't expect a fish to climb a tree or something like that. Have you heard that? I saw it on the Internet, of course. Hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like a a fish is really good at swimming, but you can't expect a fish to jump up or climb up a tree.
1: Yeah. I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. Just like you can't expect someone who's really good at this to do something that they're not really good at. You can't expect everyone to be good at the same thing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's very set and regimented, institutionalized. Mm -hmm. And like you said yesterday, like Bill Gates and other people. Now, obviously your measure of success, quote unquote, is going to be different, but let it suffice to say if your goal in this school system is to go and get a good paying job. So I need to go to school and the the path has already been paved for me. Right. I just have to walk in it. That's not always the case. Like maybe you're not good at school, but you're really good at something else. Like my good friend, Mike parliament is a retired contractor in, in construction, um, owner. He builds houses and custom properties and all that. He never went to college, but the guy's brilliant. He's one of the most ingenious people I've ever met. But if somebody told him in order to be a construction developer and, and, you know, build all these houses and things, you have to go to school and do this and that, he probably would have said, "Now that's not for me and never pursued that. But because he was able to do that without going through schooling and all that, that was, I'm sure his parents were affirming of him in that. And that's what like helped lend a lot of his success his, his parents. I, I would guarantee if you sat down and talked to his parents, they would say, yes, we encouraged Mike to do this. Yes. We wanted him to pursue this. And this was what he was good at. This is his gifting. Right. So you might be sitting here as a parent thinking like, well, I, I want my my kid to do this, or I want to live vicariously through my child and have them go down this road. But you can't, you just got to let them do their thing and encourage the things that they're good at. Mm -hmm.
0: Next thing. We must allow them to act their age. And this is so hard to do because two-year-olds... They're going to act like two-year-olds and they're going to have the tamper tantrums and they're going to be upset and they're going to throw themselves on the floor and this, this and that. But you can't expect a two-year-old to handle a conflict or a situation like a 15-year-old.
1: Mm-hmm. Brad was because- funny. He made a point. He's like, why is it that the first child is, you're nine years old. Why aren't you like working and out in the house already? Mm-hmm. He's like, but why is it the youngest one, the baby of the family? Oh yeah, you can live here until you're 45. Sure. You know, it's obviously special cases. Exceptions, but you know, he it's, it's, just thought that was funny. The time you get to the baby, the the favorite, you know, mm-hmm. the golden child, mm-hmm. they can do no wrong. But the firstborn, for whatever reason, they always have to go go yeah. out and do like act older than they really are, or something. Exactly. Yeah. And Paul says in First Corinthians thirteen eleven a, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Yeah. Basically, he's saying. I acted my age when I was that age, right? Yeah. So the same thing applies. We can't be forcing our children to do something. Like, look, if they get upset and they throw a temper tantrum and they're six years old... They're going to throw a temper tantrum because they're six years old, right? Like, that's just common sense. And you got to be prepared for that and know how to handle this. And the
0: best thing to do is kind of help them think out, like, sit with them and be like, hey, what emotion are you feeling right now? Are you sad? Are you happy? Are you frustrated? What is it that's causing you to be frustrated? What is it that we can do about this? How can we come up with a solution? Because most of the times, like, kids cry because. They have so many emotions and they don't know how to control the emotions or express the emotions. So show them how to properly and appropriately do that.
1: Yeah, it goes back to the whole allowing our children to properly and appropriately express their anger, right? There's a time and a place and a way to do that. It should never be stifled or stop or just shut up, right? You have to give them a proper, healthy outlet to do that and to express their their feelings. Mm
0: Mm-hmm right this is something we already kind of did talk about, but it's that we must listen to our kids. I don't know if you want to. Do you have anything else you want to say? Because I feel like we already talked about this in the very beginning.
1: No, I was just the verse that i kind of mentioned that I would bring up. Mm-hmm. It's James one nineteen. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I, as I read this, I always laugh in my mind because it's all the opposite for me. I'm slow to listen, quick to speak. And quick to become angry
0: mm-hmm. and
1: James says literally do the opposite of yeah. that
0: and this applies to every aspect of our life not just in parenting
1: this is one of those validating points albeit you can't you know base a whole doctrine off of this point but what I mean is you can tell that the Bible is written outside of a human context because it is normal and natural for humans to be slow to listen just say like I don't want to hear you right now you know and quick to talk and and things like that, but it's hard to be the opposite. It's unnatural for us. It's the op to do the opposite, right? So for James to be writing this for me, that's just more validation that the Holy Spirit is divinely inspiring the Scripture. And look at the look at the result when you compare the, these two. When when you do wanting, you do the opposite. What is the the result of all that? When you're slow to listen, it causes conflict when you're quick to listen it resolves conflict right because so, sometimes a lot of people just want to be heard hear hear me out on this right if i just jump and talk, start talking quickly without hearing them out that's going to cause frustration and tension but if you're just sitting there listen to them and then you're slow to talk and respond gather your thoughts so you don't just act on passion and in, in, in the moment that's going to be beneficial for everyone
0: yeah all right we're kind of running i can't believe it's already been this much time um all right we're gonna to try to like wrap it up quickly but i'm gonna kind of do you want me to just read the next points and then we can kind of just go into detail more
1: Yeah, it's, it's cool
0: okay okay all right. so the next one is we must establish clear guidelines and use appropriate discipline not to control but to teach and motivate self-control and this definitely is related to basically everything else that we talked about right it kind of just sums everything up
1: yeah discipline is good right hebrews twelve ten and 11 that god disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Like with anything you do, I mean, you can apply this, parenting, um, your work, your health and fitness, whatever it is. If you're disciplined in in how you eat and you're eating good things, it might not be pleasant in the moment thinking, uh, you know, I want to have pizza and ice cream. But you know that those things aren't good for you, so it's good to be disciplined in eating. Look at look at me, the pot calling the kettle black. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's not pleasant to be disciplined always. You're not thinking, "Oh yeah, I love I love doing this. I love working out this intensely where I feel like I'm about to puke." But you know, later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. For the, and there's a sense of being trained in, you know, working at this, but knowing that okay if God is our father and a good father disciplines our children it's because he loves us a parent that doesn't discipline their children that's showing it's communicating and conveying to your children I don't care about you do whatever you want I'm not gonna go out of my way and bother to discipline you because I really don't love you or I don't want to show that love it's actually loving to go out of your way to discipline your children because that shows look
0: I care about you and I want to help and I want the best for you. It's like
1: you're spanking the child on the butt. Like this hurts me more than it hurts you. You know, (laughs) (laughs) obviously the child doesn't understand that. But if you really love your child, you're going to discipline them, even if it hurts you to discipline your children. Mm -hmm. So,
0: so kind of the application and the steps moving forward and like, okay, great. We know all this information. How do I actually apply this into my life? So if we're going to practice good parenting, we need to focus on controlling ourselves as we will help our children learn to control themselves. Basically just modeling and teaching them, hey, this is a good way to go about doing this or this. And the action step to kind of start all of that is honestly evaluate your parenting. And that was something that I did and noticed a couple of days ago. Like, hey, we need to kind of um, control or talk to each other in a more appropriate way or less, not angry way, but we don't need to raise our voices. We don't need to
1: be gentle be, in our speech. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because as a three month old, she's starting to yell at me. So <laughs> no, thank you.
1: <laughs> I mean, part of that could just be her developing her Vo- vocal I know, but, words more, but
0: I was just, you know, it just really showed me, like, okay. Doesn't hurt, right? Right. Yeah. Be careful what you're doing because she's watching, even at this age.
1: Yeah. And Brad said this too. He's like, don't just take a cursory, you know, one trip around, like, oh, yeah, yeah, my parenting's good, whatever. Like, no, really honestly, genuinely, sincerely evaluate your parenting. And he uses the verse from Matthew 7 4 and 5. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye? When all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So it's that self-examination, right? Uh, David says in the Psalms to search my heart, Lord, and see if there be any wickedness in me. Because a lot of times there's, we're just blinded by our own pride and by not being able to clearly self-evaluate. Mm-hmm. We need the Lord, the Holy Spirit to reveal those dark spots in our hearts and show us our errors, show us our wickedness, reveal that to us. And maybe we can't always see it from somebody else because we think, oh, they're just, that's just their opinion. But if the Lord is the one that reveals it to us, then that's you a different story. Listen. And something that, um, Derry told us, uh, that his wife Debbie would do is when they were starting off early in their relationship, when they were married, they would have conflict. Debbie would always tell Derry he's wrong, and then Derry would say, No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. And it would cause us tension. And Debbie learned that she could not convince Derry that he was wrong, but the Holy Spirit could. So she would take it to prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to change Derry's heart. And sure enough, that would happen. And then he would say, You know what, Deb? I'm sorry. I was wrong about that. And she would never have to confront him. It was the Holy Spirit that convicted. (laughs) That's awesome. So I thought that was great. And. Uh, Maybe Melan and I should be praying for the Holy Spirit to change each other's hearts more than us trying to convince the other person. But that is another story. (laughs) So, yeah, just do an honest evaluation of your parenting.
0: And remember that forgiveness is only a prayer away and help is only a prayer away. So it's really easy especially for us, because we haven't really had to quote unquote parent. And I kind of, I was a nanny, so I kind of, not that this was my kid, but I was with her a lot of the time. And I did kind of have to quote unquote parent her and kind of be, um, like help guide. Yeah. So I kind of, and I very loosely use that word, have had to kind of experience this. It wasn't my own child, obviously, but, um, it's hard. It's hard to, No, it's not hard. It's easy to mess up. It's easy to fault. It's easy to do the easy thing. It's easy. Like, you know, and it's okay. We are going to mess up and that's okay.
1: And again, if you've already felt like, if you're listening to this and you're a parent of a child already and you feel like, man, I've really messed up. And like that was convicting for me and Milana, and we've only been parents for a few months. So we're, we can only imagine like how people who have been parents for a long time feel. Obviously, there's no perfect parent or nothing's ever going to be 100% all good. But just know First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So forgiveness is only a prayer way. You can go to your children, just honestly, sincerely apologize. Say, look, I know I haven't been perfect but I've really tried, and I, I'm, I'm sure that's been evident. Maybe not always, but the, the constant of my heart has been to be a good parent and to take care of you. And I'm just asking that you forgive me for those times where I was wrong and out of alignment and didn't ask for forgiveness and didn't apologize right
0: and that would be a good opportunity for you to ask and listen to your kids and be like hey how can i best help you how can i best show that i love you because like we have love languages so do our kids yes. so maybe like physical touch might be one of your kids love languages and maybe you don't really like to hug or whatever but if your kid does mm-hmm. that and expresses that to you then go give your kid a hug and a kiss like you know kind of fake like talk to each other literally just talk to your kid how, how can I help you? How can I best serve you? How can I best show that I love you? How can, you know, just communicate with them and you can figure out a good solution.
1: I've noticed Milena's one of Milena's love languages that she enjoys receiving is quality time. Mm -hmm. And for me, I love quality time too, but it's just not as natural or easy for me to show that always like just to sit and, and spend time with one another. Like this for us, I think is quality time doing our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is a good way that we connect. And I think really shows Molina like, Hey, I love spending time with her.
0: What would you say is your way of showing love then gifts?
1: I am a big gift giver. Yeah. I love like, I feel, I strongly sincerely believe with every fiber of my being that God has blessed Malina and me financially and with monetary things that I just love going out and above and beyond and, and, because God's blessed us above and beyond. So it makes sense to give and to share with others in the abundance that God's given us. So I like to do that. And I, get a, I almost feel more excited to give someone something at times than I think they feel receiving it, mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense. But I just mm-hmm. get such a joy from that. So maybe it's, I don't think it's selfish, but maybe it could come off as, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like if I enjoy this, but maybe somebody doesn't, like I know I've met people that feel uncomfortable
0: opening gifts
1: getting gifts Mm -hmm. and like extravagant things that's
0: how it used to be
1: and maybe it's a maybe it's their own pride I don't know but it could just be like no no I can't accept this or I have to pay you back for this like no like let me bless you this is how I show love yeah you need to respect this you know Mm -hmm. and it's important I think to know how other people like you said honey express love just want to reemphasize that right and
0: with everyone in your life not just your kids your friends your parents your spouse everyone
1: study your study people yeah look at look at what they enjoy doing like my dad's a big acts of service guy I think your dad too Mm -hmm. my mom's a big words of affirmation Mm -hmm. like my, my mom's always been just affirming like you're great at this honey like you're you know, just affirming the good things mm-hmm. and I love and that, you like, and this, and you know, it's always been very word of affirmation
0: mm-hmm. and words of affirmation make me uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't really tell Melane like I'll always let her know like I'm really proud of her and I love her and mm-hmm. things like that. But I, there's a point where it can become maybe overbearing or yeah. awkward that you don't really know how to respond. Mm-hmm. So, so
0: figure out what it is and help your kids figure out what they like to receive and give to
1: exactly help
0: kind of guide them and help them figure out so they can flourish in that area again encouraging them and helping them what they are up up. the
1: best yeah them. right yeah not not harping on what they should be doing because for right. a long time like if you're a lovey hands-on touchy feely person but your kid isn't mm-hmm. don't force that on them don't like always be trying to kiss them always trying to be yep. hugging them if mm-hmm. they, that is not what they it doesn't mean they don't love you right it just means that. That's not how they want to be shown love.
0: Yeah, like you know? my sister's not affectionate at all. And I've noticed Alethea isn't really either and um she she's not if you hold her for more than five to ten minutes she starts pushing off of you she starts getting fussy and as soon as you put in her play mat she gets really happy and well sometimes likes she just stretch. wants to be held
1: too well, so that's it's hard what to, I was, it's hard to know at this point i was point. gonna say
0: that like there are some moments where i really want to just hug and cuddle her because i only have a certain amount of time before i have to get back to work or whatever so i want to do that but i can tell she doesn't enjoy it so i just put her down i no, just no, no, stare I'm saying at her she
1: does like sometimes she cries and she just wants to be held oh
0: well yeah because she's been teething the last week so she just like wants to Full She's all arms. over the
1: place. She doesn't know what her love language is yet. She's
0: a hot mess. Yeah, we'll give her, we'll give her some time and patience. She'll figure it out. But
1: we're testing it out.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that's it's a wrap up here.
1: All yeah, the- that's the bulk of what uh, Brad shared, and we really enjoyed his talk. And again, we're going to link it down below. Mm-hmm. It's part of the series: Me, We, Us, and this one is called Parenting One Hundred and One. If you want to check it out on Northridge's website, they also have an app. Uh, with the notes section that we basically followed for this podcast. We just thought it was too good to not share with you guys Mm -hmm. and really Mm -hmm. been convicting us. We're going to keep rehashing this and coming back to this and revisiting Mm -hmm. uh, this session because there's so much there.
0: Like A big thing that we want to keep emphasizing is we don't know what we're doing. Like, we're not coming from a place of like, hey, this is how you're supposed to do it. This is the way we do it. It's the only right way. Like, no, we're learning right beside you guys. We're literally just showing you what the Bible says and what our pastor taught and kind of being like, hey, let's kind of do this together. Let's try this together. Let's parent our kids together. Not of a place of I'm up here. You're down here. Do do this. You know, it's we're learning and experiencing this together hand in hand. Do you have a prayer request that you want to share?
1: Yes, I was just going to share a verse that that reminded me of real oh, quick. Okay, um, something to the effect of like a fool doesn't regard correction or instruction, but the wise listen to the counsel of many. Mm-hmm. I might be butchering that, but that's come, something that's coming to mind. Like yeah, um, in the somewhere in the Proverbs, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're saying is like the, the i heard a quote one time it said uh, a wise person learns from the mistakes but an even wiser person learns from the mistakes of others yes so what we're doing is just passing along what people who are wiser and have lived longer and have experienced life more than Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. have said i wish i would have done this or i did this wrong we're learning from their mistakes so we don't implement them as well.
0: Yeah, and we're kind of learning from what our parents said and be like, hey, we like that they did that, we're going to keep doing that, or, oh, nope, we do not want to do this because we did not like that
1: type of thing. And if you look at, like, you always, the goal is to always your, have your kids ha- do better in life than you did, right? Like, you always want better for them than you've had. So as a parent, you're learning from the generation before you and, like Melana said, taking the good and passing that along. And obviously you're not going to be perfect, but that's why there's grace and you're asking for forgiveness and being humble, humbling yourself before your family, calling it out when you're wrong, letting them know and, you know, modeling all that for them so they can see life is messy. But all in all, we have the Lord that we rely on. He's the perfect father. He's the perfect parent. And we're just trying our best to model and and demonstrate what he's done by the Holy Spirit we can do that so before we close we do have a prayer request this is from hannah she's asking for a prayer request for a young boy named cameron um who's almost five years old and cameron has cancer in several places in his body and it's not looking good for him so we want to lift up cameron and his family and and uh ask the great healer the great physician to to heal him so let's uh close off in prayer and we'll, we'll lift up Cameron. Our Lord, we just revere you as our great comforter, our great teacher, our great leader, and our great uh, God. Lord, we just thank you for this time that we can learn a little bit about how you parent us as our good father and how we ought to parent our children. And Lord, I, I pray that you would heal uh, relationships between parents and children through this, that people would be humbled and acknowledge um, things that they did wrong if they haven't and ask for forgiveness, Lord, and that they would be met with forgiveness too. And I, I pray that you would continue to teach all the parents out there how to live by your word and set the example for their children and that they would glorify you and that people would be healed through that and father we lift up cameron um knowing that you've created every fiber and that you knit him together in his mother's womb you know every hair on his head you know every detail about him you know him better than he knows himself and lord we ask for you to miraculously heal him lord uh take away the cancer take away every ailment and every illness in his body, Lord, and and restore him. Let his body prosper even as his soul prospers. And Lord, comfort his family, comfort his loved ones, those that are taking care of him. Give them extra strength and extra grace as they're uh, tending to him and and catering to him, Lord. I pray that he would find joy in the midst of such a, a terrible storm that you are there carrying him through and that you are closer with him now than ever. And I ask that you Just work a miracle in his life, Lord, and let that be a testimony, um, his faith through such trial that you would bring him through and restore him, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. Thank you again. We love you guys. If you do have any other prayer requests, make sure to DM on DM. (laughs) <laughs> DM Us on As for Me in My House podcast and we will see you in the next one. Bye. They can't see you waving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Milana was filming a little snippet
0: for, for Instagram. Instagram. <laughs>
1: and she turned the camera on me and I started waving, so
0: <laughs> they can't. <laughs> Alright guys. Bye. Bye.